perfect. We were having technical difficulties. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hello, hello. A year later and we're still having technical difficulties. I know, I know. But we sound great. It's okay. So. Um, I'm have, like, where do we get started? I know. Um, so we said that we were going to talk about our origin story. Yeah. Um, I know that you posted on our stories mm-hmm. a baby picture mm-hmm. or a childhood picture. Mm-hmm. And people guessed mm-hmm. who it was. People thought it was you and then people thought it was me. Mm-hmm. It was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I actually got this idea from our friends, Angel and Carrie. Which um, we need to have them. Yeah, we podcast. do need to have them on we the podcast. We love you, Angel and Carrie. They did an origin story um, like like feature on their stories. I actually don't know if they did a podcast episode or not yet. Maybe they recorded it, but I think they did, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But I loved like what they were posting in regards to, um, where they came from, who they are. Um, I mean, I learned about them. I didn't, I didn't know that they were both born in Puerto Rico. So I was like, you know, I don't think we've mm-hmm. actually ever done an origin story. And I think it's super important. Cause I think I know. sometimes that's how people really got to know yeah. how we, got to where we're at and who we are based on our families and stuff so i thought it would be really cool that on our one year anniversary we could dive in a little bit deeper on it yeah first of all one year one year man. 365 days yeah wow pretty crazy if time flies it's yeah, insane it does. but i know we've talked about this before about like sharing our story or like sharing our immigrant story and how we got here and stuff so i'm glad we're doing this now. yeah so I mean, I know we gave like a little bit of a glimpse mm-hmm. of like who, like obviously you said you were from Venezuela and like, like I, who we yeah, are, yeah. Like, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think we've actually really like been diving deep about that. I'm so down for it. Let's do it. It's my favorite topic. So you want to start? <laughs> we can like jump off of each other, you think? Yeah, like, I think so. Right. So, yeah. okay. So obviously many people know now I'm Venezuelan. Mm-hmm. I moved here. I moved to the States when I was 11 years old. How about you? I moved to the States when I was six months old. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> good to know. So you're technically from here. Yeah, technically. Okay. I'm uh, gringa. Okay, so just question. I, this question just came to my mind right now. Do you feel like you're from here or from there? Or you feel... Oh, God. Do you feel like like a hyphen type of thing? Okay. Like Kind of like a... Like you don't... Like you're not from here, but you're not from there. Like is that... Has that... So something you've thought about, like identity crisis type yeah, of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever okay. did you ever watch La India Maria when we were when you were little? No, like no. La India Maria is like a staple in Mexican movies and, mm-hmm. or novelas and stuff movies. Um, but there was one movie that she had called uh, Ni de aquí ni de allá, which is like not from here, not from there. Okay, <laughs> I kind of have always felt like that. Like yeah. I feel like I've always felt like not from here, not from there. Mm-hmm. So when I became a citizen, um, like a U.S. citizen in 2010, I think, because it was like right after college. Um, and when you do the citizenship, like. Uh, ceremony thing they ask by countries they're like the countries that are represented they ask you to like stand up and represent your country <laughs> and so it 
was the funniest thing because I was like, they mentioned Honduras, and I like, I was like, do I stand up? Do I not stand up? <laughs> so I kind of like half stood up, and then they mentioned Nicaragua, and I'm like, okay, I guess I will stand up. Like it was like so weird because I feel like for a long time most people know me as Nicaraguense, but I'm actually I was born in Honduras, and I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, and and so it's like interesting to me because I'm like I don't. I've never felt like I'm from here or from there. Mm. I, I think, I guess, I feel more Nika. Okay. But then I grew up in a very American area of Miami. Mm-hmm. So I've never felt really Hispanic. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so it's it was co- complicated. It was, yeah, it was a little conflicting. I was like, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because I grew up mostly with a lot of like Americans, like, uh, like, like, I mean, like white Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But your Spanish is super Nika. Oh, yeah. Like, you sound like you're from Nika till the day you die. Yeah. Like, and your I, manner, like, everything. Like, when you when I hear you talk to your mom, and then you guys are talking, like, tu quieres, quieres un sorbete? And I'm like, what is sorbete? <laughs> to me, that's, like, straw. And for you, it's ice cream. I'm like, what? Yeah, or how we say queque for cake. Yeah, like, you know, like, yeah. the slang and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I get it. Yeah, um, I think yeah. I spoke Spanish. I mean, I speak Spanish, just fully Spanish at home. Um, mm-hmm. My parents were Which always really strict on like making sure that I spoke. Like my my dad speaks English. Mm-hmm. My mom has learned it plenty of times. She just doesn't practice it. She okay. understands it. But it just, my mom, my dad, when I was growing up, I remember like if I ever, if I was in the car and I would try to do Spanglish or I would like get stuck on words and be like, um, like he'd be like, no, 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 there's no ums here and no Spanglish. Like it's either Spanish or like, or English. And mm-hmm. he, and so if I'd speak to him in English, he'd be like, no, I was just kidding. It's, there's no English. There's only Spanish here. So he was really strict on That's making good. sure that I always spoke Spanish at home. And my mom comes from um, a background of teachers that teach Spanish in Nicaragua and stuff. Oh, no way. And so, like, she was the one that made sure to teach me a lot of the, like, um, like grammar and, like, how to mm-hmm. read and write in Spanish. And so she would make me write letters to my family in Nicaragua all the time in Spanish. And so You're that's like, who why. are these people? Yeah. Tío, abuela, yeah. hola. <laughs> but it was great because I can speak and write it so, like, that's fluently. Great. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. You Yeah, you yeah. do. You're good at it, for yeah. sure. I mean, what about, I'm sure you feel 100% Venezolana. You know, yes and no. Okay. So, okay, so I moved here when I was 11. Um, my entire family is Venezuelan. Mm-hmm. Obviously born and raised there until I was 11. And my my childhood, honestly, I think of my childhood and it was the best. Like, I remember everything vividly. Like, I remember Venezuela. I remember my school, like, my classmates, everything. But, like, being here for so many years, almost 20 years... I feel like I'm also from here yeah. because I feel like if I go, let's say I go to Venezuela tomorrow, I'm not going to blend in right. Like I just, I wouldn't fit in yeah. because everything, obviously years went by. I think everything has changed. Slang, the slang language has changed in a way, I guess. It's just different. Like that's not my home anymore. So yeah. I feel like Miami is my home. Yeah. So that's where I find myself like, you know, kind of like divided, like kind of in between. Like, yes, I do say I'm Ven- I'm Venezolana till the day I die and I feel it in my blood and that's who I am and my sense of humor comes from like that culture like I'm very Venezolana but at the same time I'm like I'm, I've been here for 20 years this yeah. is my home too so my mentality is Americanized yeah. too I have the American mentality Yeah. so it's very like yeah it's like in between and it's something that I've talked about with uh, some of my friends too that have been here for like as long as I have been and they feel the same way they're like yeah i'm colombian venezuelan whatever but i'm also from here yeah. like my mentality is very different yeah. than that one person that just moved from venezuela yesterday like of the course. way they think is super different of you know course. 
their outlook on life is completely different. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like I'm in between. Yeah. You know? I get it. It's kind of complicated, right? It like, is a little complicated. And for me, I remember moving here, uh, going back to that part of the story. Uh, when I moved here, I had extreme culture shock. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, it's so Did you know different. English before you moved no, here? No, really? zero. Okay. Zero. Okay. I had English classes over there, but it was like pink, yellow, blue, hello, <laughs> bye, you know? Where's the bathroom? <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but no, no English it was so crazy like it was it was very like i was very anxious when i started school it was it was a lot because how old were you when you started school here i was 11 yeah. well 12 i had turned 12 like recent so you did easel i did easel till high school yeah. let me tell you <laughs> till high school yeah. um but yeah uh, i remember the culture shock i remember landing here and just just seeing everything so different like over there you talk to your neighbors over there you live in the same house or building for your whole life yeah you know everybody and over here like i remember when we started living here it was like you don't talk to your neighbors that much right the good morning and hello and like you know those like um what do you call those uh greetings the greetings yeah. and like the costumbres la costumbre yeah. la costumbre yeah it's not the same uh -uh. like people here are not as it sounds bad but people here are not as friendly I no guess, they're as, not as nice yeah no and everybody's doing their own thing and it's like you don't know your neighbors you don't know what their business is over there it's like hey do you have salt can i come to your house and the doors open like it's just very very different yeah so that was a huge culture shock for me i'm like i guess i was like okay i'm gonna live there i guess i can make friends where we're gonna live and it was like in a in a building right and no like it was just me myself and i and i'm sure there were kids there yeah but like you don't just don't talk you don't to play any around in the yeah you don't no. play outside like, I, and i yeah. used to play i had like that childhood yeah i play outside i don't have a phone like yeah. it's just so different and it's so nice yeah the independency is like strong too like i remember over there um by seven years old, my parents would be like, hey, go get like some like buy avocado down the street and like the little supermarket right yeah. there. And I would walk by myself and go. Yeah. It's like, what child does that? Do you here? guys have, <laughs> you know, right. Do you guys have. So in Nicaragua, because mm -hmm. obviously I. So when you were 10, you came to the States, 11, 11. Mm -hmm. um, I started going to Nicaragua for the first time in 2000 and 2000. So I was 12. So around the same age that you started coming mm -hmm. to that, you came to the States. I started going to Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. In Nicaragua, we have these things called pulperias. Okay. Um, they're in a person's house. So they're in the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. A person's house, like the front porch, gets converted into a little store. Oh, yeah. And so yes. they're little markets. Yes. And so the pulperia is a little market outside of their house. And they kind of just have like the, and you know their the basics. Yeah. And they have the yeah. basics. Like they have a soda. They have milk. They yeah. have thing, They have eggs. And so like it, that way you don't have to go all the way to the grocery store. You can just go to the pulperia yeah. and like get what you need for whatever it is and that you're making. And they know the person. They're like, ay, la señora María, go yeah, there. So is yeah. Is that what that was like? They have that too. Okay. Yeah. And they, they, we had like little, like there were like little kiosks yeah. like around where we used to live. So they, I would walk and it was like a block away. <laughs> yeah. And I was like seven, eight over here. You don't see a kid do like, no, no, no that's weird. Yeah. Like, no, like I would never allow my kids to do that yeah. here. But over there it was so normal. It's like, again, it, it was a different, this was what, like early 2000s. I moved here in 2005. Yeah. So Back oh then. my gosh, I was I graduating. I was about to graduate high school when you moved here. What? <laughs> yeah. I literally just like my sister myself. too. Like, my what? sister's your age. Yeah. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that's so crazy. It's crazy. But like that back then it wasn't 
as it is now. Yeah. I don't know how it is now, but like I just had a really nice childhood. I was very independent, very young. You know, that's um, actually so, something yeah. that I loved about going to Nicaragua. You kind of just reminded me of that, of the first time that I went out there because I remember like I was excited. I had never been to Nicaragua before. Mm. I knew I had family out there. But I ended up like when we were packing, I would I asked my mom, I was like, do I need to take my Coke? Like, do I need to take like <laughs> things that I like, like my Chips Ahoy and all that stuff? My mom was like, no, you're going to find that over there. Yeah, because you think you're going to like <laughs> to a third world country that I just, you know, but I yeah. remember that specifically, like being able to go to the store by myself and just asking my mom, hey, can I just go to the pulperia? Like I wanted to go to the pulperia all the time or... When you wash clothes, do you guys, you guys don't have washer and dryers no. in Venezuela. Arriba en la azotea. Like, where do you was, wash your clothes? In? So, Lavanderos? La, yeah. So it was called, it's una batea, which is like, it, una pila. It's, this is so crazy. We're going back in time. <laughs> so in our, it's funny because it was connected to the kitchen uh -huh. and it was like a, like it was like a sink, I guess, a special sink to like wash was your clothes. Was it made out of cement? Yes. Okay. So it's kind of like a Nicaragua. <laughs> it's called, we call it una batea. Okay. Yeah. For us, it's una pila. <laughs> Una pila con el, um, oh con el lavandero, like es un lavandero. lavandero. And mm -hmm. it has like ridges. It has yes. like, so yes. it's made out of cement with ridges it's and you're kind of, you have to like wash your and clothes you by hand. Dry it. Yes. Yeah. And then we have a sunroof, like because we lived in a building, we lived on the 15th floor. So it was the last floor. So we would go like to a sunroof hang the clothes like yeah, yeah like that yeah so funny enough we don't have ac in no <laughs> okay it's great so the first time my you're mom, taking me back <laughs> the first time my mom and i went it was great because we took one of those like portable acs that you put on the window because my mom was like it's gonna be so hot that we're not gonna know how to like survive yeah <laughs> i've never lived without ac and so we took one of those portable window acs to put in one of the rooms and like i remember we shipped it over there But even with those portable ACs, it wasn't, it was so hot and electricity is so high in Nicaragua that like you can't have the portable AC running all day because if not, you're like, yeah, your freaking electric bill is going to be like a thousand dollars. And so we would like turn it on when it was like the hottest in the middle of the day. But I would wash my clothes literally every day just oh to be gosh. in the cold water because I was like, I just need something to be like refreshing me. Mm -hmm. But it was so much fun to wash your like clothes like by yeah, hand because that's why you yeah you're not, not used, used to, to that. that you're not used to that it's crazy yeah no we had no ac but where i grew up in um it was like by the mountains so mm -hmm. there it, the weather was oh my perfect okay. it was perfect like mountains every so perfect yeah. so it was always like 60 degrees 70 at most 75 but it was like very breezy yeah. the heat was very dry it wasn't miami humid yeah you could wear a sweater every day if you wanted oh it my was gosh just that's perfect. crazy that's yeah, was, awesome and it was like that all like year that. yeah that's we, gorgeous yeah. we didn't have like the seasons like oh it snows in some areas in venezuela it snows but yeah. like where i'm from no where what wasn't. part of venezuela are you from i am i always say this it's a fun fact <laughs> i am where tequeños come from really fyi i yeah. didn't know that It's called Los Teques. Like oh, it's, really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, it's like a 30 minute, it's 30 minutes away from Caracas. Funny enough, we've been friends for like two years and I'm still <laughs> learning things about you. So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, to all the listeners, this is a fun fact. So you can Google this. I'm, I'm right. <laughs> um, so Los Teques, where I'm from, eh, pretty much it's, if you're from there, mm -hmm. you're a tequeña. Mm -hmm. And if- So you're a tequeñita. Yo soy una tequeña. So um, back then, way back, and I don't know how long ago, it was like years ago, there was this family that they came up with it, like a cheese stick, tapa, mm -hmm. they had a bakery, and then mm -hmm. they invented like a cheese stick, whatever. And so 
uh, it became like a thing. It was like, wow, those cheese sticks are so good. And then it kind of like word spread that they, there was this family that they had a bakery and they do the, these amazing cheese sticks. And then everybody would be like, oh my gosh, like where, like who makes those cheese sticks? And they're like, no, los tequeños, los tequeños. Like the family, no they're way. all they're all tequeños because they're from there. Uh -huh. So like, no, no, la, la familia, los tequeños. So it stayed tequeños. No way. So I that's where that. it comes from. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, that's so cool. I don't care who says like Colombia, Cuba, whatever. I'm sorry. They come from Los Teques. You can Google this. So I take pride and I'm like, I am from where the Tequeños come from. It's okay. Everybody wants to take Gallo Pinto from us. And I'm like, no, no, no. Gallo Pinto see? is Nica. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what anybody says. Of course, says. every country makes it their own way. But yeah. yeah, that's where it originated from. So what's your favorite cool. Venezuelan dish? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love arepas because uh -huh. there's a, you can put anything on it. Yeah. So I, I can eat arepas for days. Okay. But I think... It's, I like a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I like, I, yeah, I just, I love food. Yeah. No, I <laughs> what know. about I you? Know. Oh my gosh. Nika uh, food is the bomb.com. <laughs> yes. I didn't want to say that because I'm like, we're going to get canceled. But yeah. Um, well, we have fritangas. And so to me, it's like, it's, it's really hard to pick really like a food that I like, but, um, I'm very sopera. Like I actually like oh, I soups a lot. Soups. And so yes. we have all kinds of soups. We have oxtail soup. We have tribe soup, like which is mondongo, which mm -hmm. is, you know, la, 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 mondongo, la I vaca. don't like mondongo. Yeah. yeah, not everybody does. Mm -hmm. But we, I, I love oxtail soup. Um, I think one of my favorite staples that I think, like obviously it's a very Nica thing, is like our carne asada with gallo pinto, oh, maduro, and the queso frito. The fried cheese is like... Is that fritanga? Oh. Is that what you guys yeah. call fritanga? That's I a fritanga. fritanga. So in Nicaragua, like there's these... Um, there's this there's this community or this like... This is not a community. It's a barrio. Is mm -hmm. How do you translate barrio? I'm like um, thinking Spanish right now. Hood. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like, like a hood. hood called, but it's a, like a nice hood. Um, yeah. Called El Centro America. Like, and so okay. there's a Fritanga Centro America that's super famous. Like everybody knows where it's at. It's always in the same place. I mean, it's been years since I've been to Nicaragua. I have to make a trip, but it's a tent and like the women that have cooked there have cooked there their, 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 their whole lives and it's just carne asada so it's Ay, like grilled love. steak yeah. um with maduros or what we call tajadas which are mm -hmm. what people here in miami call mariquitas um queso frito and then this like cabbage salad like a shredded cabbage I know what salad you're talking about. So good. um and then we drink like cacao with it so it's mm. like this like kind of like milk with cacao like yeah. which is cocoa pretty much so, yeah. from the tree mm -hmm. <laughs> and like that's a staple but i think that's probably one of my favorites and then all of our soups that's we just we have a lot of too. food we like nicaragua has a lot of food so yeah. it's really hard like we have salpicón which is like one of my favorites too um we have vigorón which is like yuca with like um pork rinds so on good. top so like good. that is served on a, like a plantain leaf and it's freaking amazing so it really it's depends on yeah. what i'm in the mood no for. same like yeah. I, I don't think i can pick just one dish yeah. like there's cachapa yeah. have you heard, heard of a cachapa yeah. oh, so good it's corn yeah. it's like a corn tortilla i guess no i can't even explain it and it has like cheese i'm like drooling it's so good <laughs> i just i yeah we have a lot of like food and we make up a bunch of stuff and we just get really creative so yeah yeah so i want to know but, more about yeah. how you got here so anyway yeah, yeah. we're here go talking back about food. i know Let's go come back. back it's breaking bread i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> goes with the i theme. know i know um, so yeah, I got here again, 2005, a culture shock, no English at all. I came, actually I should share my whole story because Dale. 
Do it. God has been so good to us. Um, we, so I came with my family. We're three sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we came with, so it was my parents and just one sister, okay. myself. Um, my older sister stayed over there okay. um, for quite some time. Um, but anyway, we got settled down here just to share a little bit of my part. And then I'll share like the other part because my story is kind of, it's interesting. Um, so anyway, I came here, culture shock, no English. I, I go to school the first day, Mm -hmm. first day of school. I wanted to cry (laughs) so much. So my mom takes me to school. I have a knot in my throat. I'm like, nobody speaks English. Mind you, I went to school in Doral Mm -hmm. freaking like. I, I didn't Venezuela know town. it was Venezuela town, yeah. but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in the U.S. I don't, they, you know, it's going to be all English. I don't know any English yeah. at all whatsoever. To me, it's Chinese. Yeah. And, um, and so I go in the classroom and then, uh, I see the teacher. She speaks English. She's American blue eyes. Like she's American. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, it, I had a struggle. Like I struggled a lot the uh-huh. first, like. I guess the first months, like I learned English really quick because mm-hmm. obviously when you're young and you're in school and that's all you hear, you learn it really fast. But um, yeah, like I remember like the teacher having to translate, but she didn't speak much Spanish. And then I'm just like, what the heck? Like, how am I going to learn? Yeah. Um, and then long story short, I guess a week went by and then I realized that everybody in my classroom, they were all Venezuelan oh and it was an ESOL class and I didn't know what ESOL meant. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. So I made friends through there, thankfully. And yeah, I mean, it was, I had a great time, but like when it came to homework and like writing in English, it took me a long time. Like yeah. I would go to bed really late. I would cry and I'm like, I don't understand. Education here is very different too. Right. Education in Venezuela is way more advanced. Yeah. Um, I came here, fi- so I was already finishing fifth grade over there. Mm-hmm. So I came here like, like half year, halfway through. Um, but by fifth grade, I was already taking geometry class. Wow. You take geometry in high school yeah, here. Yeah. So here I'm learning again, like like times table, like just like very yeah. like early math, like yeah. first steps math. And I'm just like, so I felt like that kind of, it was like a reset, like a mental reset. Right. And I suck. I hate math. I suck at Do math. Do you really? I love math. Oh, no, no. I'm a nerd. Yeah, you are. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you are. <laughs> You're like a schoolgirl. You love studying. No, yeah. I don't like any of that. I yeah. just like art, creative. Let's go. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I sucked at math and that was a challenge because I'm like, I don't remember this. I was already taking geometry and yeah. I was getting a little better and now I'm like doing this and I don't remember how to divide. Like it's, it was a lot. Division is different. Yeah, because you guys, division in Latin America is done down, like mm-hmm. like not up. Like Till this day, I do divide it, do it down. down. Yeah, I don't divide like up, yeah. how you Americans do yeah. it here in this yeah, country. Yeah. No, that was the worst. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's crazy. Being, but being a child of immigrants and then yeah. learning that here <gasps> is hard it. because then, because I went through it and then like there were moments where I would have to have my dad help me with mm-hmm. homework and my, first of all, my dad's a lefty. So already I'm a everything lefty too. I know, everything you guys do is backwards. Yes. But then on top of that, he was like, I can't do math the way that you guys do. And it's my dad's super smart. My dad is a computer scientist. Like he like he's oh, really wow. smart. Like he does, you know, programming. And so like when it comes to math, he's really good. But he would divide down and I was dividing up and I was more confused. And then there's ways that you could yeah. either subtract. Or mm-hmm. do it directly with like numbers. And that's how I learned. Yeah. Anyway, it was a mess. Yeah. But yeah, so I got through that. I was in ESOL all the way through high school till 
I'm kidding. Yeah, till like freshman year. So by freshman year, I already spoke English, but like, I guess, I don't know, I said any soul. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the first years were hard. I made new friends. They were all Venezuelan. It was Doral. Yeah. Um, so I'm a Doral girl. I feel like that's that's home, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, throughout that whole time, we're here. I'm here with my family and I learned what it's like to start from zero, seeing right. my parents work and just like they were doing everything and anything yeah. to make sure that we had like a plate mm -hmm. on our table, like food on our table. Um, my mom in Venezuela, she was like a man. It's crazy because over there you have a career and all that stuff. My yeah. mom had a secure job like for over 30 years. She was a manager at a bank for like a long, really long time, like 30 years. My dad was into not marketing. I don't know how to say it in English. Publicista? Uh, advertising. Advertising, yeah. yeah. He was really good at it. He had So that's where you get your creative side from. Oh, yeah, I got my personality. Okay. Like it's that very, makes sense. It comes from my... I mean, it comes from both of them. My yeah. mom is very smart. She's very, she's a nerdy one. Okay. And my dad's more of like, I need to talk to people. Like, yeah. what? What's going on? So, but yeah. Um, so yeah, they had like their jobs over there. And then to come here and they're like, okay, what are we going to do now? Like, that doesn't count here. Like, she, yeah. my mom can't apply to a bank. She doesn't speak English. Like, yeah. no. So I saw them like, you know, work at restaurants or like work at events and like just things that like, I guess they never saw themselves doing. Yeah. So that was a very humbling experience. Yeah. Um, being me being so young but at the same time also growing up kind of fast yeah because i saw that and by 15 i was already working right um because i wanted to as well like i don't know i guess i always had like that independent mindset since i was young but i started Where did you working work? it's funny so i started working at events for kids okay so i used to be i used to dress I up can like totally see that a cinderella <laughs> and like i was a mini and little mermaid and i would Entertainment, paint yeah. and i would do like face painting a little i could kids. totally see that yeah <laughs> Uh, for sure and then i would be the host i'm like all right kids let's go we're gonna play this game and it the was like host a or bunch. the host <laughs> the host did that sound wrong oh my god sorry i just had to say it okay sorry i'm like did i say it wrong the host <laughs> you're terrible why are you like this <laughs> anyway i was the host uh-huh and it's yeah, a riso. It's a riso. Yeah, yeah. Salió mal, verdad? No, Qué pena. Just okay, I was like, man, my English. You see, that's why. I was just trying to pick on you. <laughs> I love you. Um, so yeah, I did that for a little bit. It was good money, actually. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I would do face painting, and then yeah, like I would like entertain little kids. So I love kids, but that was yeah, that was, and it was always for like rich people and stuff. Like one time, I did face painting to a party where Juanes was there, and mm -hmm. it was her, his daughter's birthday. And I was like one of like the clown, like the payasa or whatever. And I had to like do face painting and stuff. That's cute. Yeah. And it was for like a two hour thing. That's awesome. And man. it was good. I would, I would get, I would take good money home. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for next weekend. It was like a little side job. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, um, I learned a lot, like just seeing my parents like work hard for us. And I guess I just wanted that for myself. I'm like, all right, right. like I'm just going to do it for myself. Then high school came and yeah. So anyway, just that part of me learning and seeing how, in america it's it doesn't matter what you do like what right. major you have you're still treated equally yeah and that's something that was a culture shock too because yeah. over there it depends on like the social status your class yeah yeah 
Yeah. If you're a doctor, it's like, wow, Dr. Andrea. Oh my, I feel VIP. Doctors. My friend is a doctor. Like, do you know who you're talking to? You know? And it's like you're viewed differently. Oh, it's yeah. different. Over here, it's like you could be a housekeeping. Yep. Um, and you could also be the president of like whatever, CEO of a great company, mm-hmm. and you're still treated equally. And right. that's something that I really liked yeah. about the US. Yeah. So that was a you know, a shifted not again, I didn't I didn't grow up with like, oh, if you're a doctor, you're successful. And if you're if you're not, then you're not. Right. It wasn't that, but I you could you see it. Yeah. You see it more. So over here was a very humbling experience at such a young age that I'm like, wow, everybody should be treated equally. Right. It doesn't matter what you do. You should still be appreciated. Right. So, yeah, that was that was actually really interesting. Um, but anyway, during that time that I'm here with my sister, my older sister was in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Uh, as many people know, Venezuela is like really bad now. But during that time, it wasn't as bad, but it was kind of bad. Mm-hmm. And she needed to stay. At the time I was 11, she was 23. Mm-hmm. So I have, we're three sisters. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. So I'm 30 now. But when we moved here, I was 11. My sister, which, you know, Daneska, mm-hmm. she's, she was 17 at the time. And my older sister was 23 at the time. And, um, and so she, we were like, all right, like she had to work. She's like, I'll catch you guys later. Like I'll go when I'm done here. I don't remember exactly what it was. I was way too young. Like I don't remember, but she's like, I got to finish some things and I'll meet you guys later. Um, and she needed to apply for the visa. So mm-hmm. she goes and she applies and she went to El Consulado. I don't know how you say consulate, it. Yeah. The consulate. Right. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, I, I think so. Listen, I don't we know. We always say it in Spanish. So Whatever. El Consulado. El Consulado. <laughs> este, and then she, she goes to El Consulado and then <laughs> <laughs> for her appointment. And then she goes to find out if her visa was approved and they pretty much found us on the system. Mm-hmm. They found that she had family here. They denied her. They denied her visa. Yeah. Because when you're applying for a visa, I don't know how it is for other countries, but in our case, is you have to have something that ties you down to the Absolutely. country. Yeah. You have to have kids or a business, something that ties you down that they know that if you leave the country, you're, gonna you're come coming back. back. Yeah. yeah. Like That's you're not going anywhere. Too. Yeah. Okay. So they were like, okay, your entire family is over there. Like, what makes us think that you're going to come back? She's like, no, I'm going to go for vacation. They're like, no, you're not going anywhere. What what was the reason why she couldn't come with you guys? Is it because she was already over age? No, no, no. She was working. And she needed, I don't know. I think she had like some errands that she needed to do. And she, the thing is, the thing with us is that we didn't come. Well, I didn't know. My parents probably had that planned in their back of their minds, but Mm -hmm. I didn't. We didn't, we came for vacation. Mm-hmm. My dad would come and work here every like every now and then for like five months, go back. Because mm. he would have like a really good job here, make great money. And obviously the the money, ¿cómo se llama? Yeah, the exchange. The yeah. exchange is different. So it, exchange, he would be yeah. here and then go, be here and go. So in one of those like trips, we're like, okay, we're going to spend Christmas in Miami and come back. We're going to be there for a month and a half and come back. Mm-hmm. That was a lie. Um, we ended up staying. My yeah. parents were like, you know what? Actually, we're going to stay. Yeah. Psych, we're staying. Yeah. So... Uh, anyway, we my parents made the decision, and um, and things were over there politically were going really bad. So oh. it was a great decision that we. It was a good decision for us to stay here. So we tell my sister. So it wasn't really that planned. Right. We tell my sister, and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna apply for the visa. I'll do it when I can. I'm working, whatever." So obviously, she's an adult. She's like 23. So anyway, she goes, and then they're like, "No, you have family," and she's like, "All right, it's denied." So we're like, okay, try again a few months. Like, well, you'll be fine. She goes again, denied. All right, try again. Like, we'll wait a week. We'll wait a year. Like, we'll we'll figure yeah. it out. Denied again. It's been 20 years. Yeah. So <laughs> it's crazy because when I tell the story, people are like, what? 
And a lot of people don't know I have another sister because yeah. I'm like, well, she doesn't live here, you know? It's not yeah. like I talk about it all the time. But it's a great story because um, that happened. Venezuela got worse. This was what, like 2005, 2006. And then by like 2015, she had already met somebody, which was her boyfriend at the time. He lived in Venezuela. They met there. Mm -hmm. He's from Uruguay, mm -hmm. actually. And Venezuela got super bad. And, and she was like, I want to leave, but I can't go to the, the U.S. States, right. So I don't know where to go. And then her boyfriend was like, we're going to, we're going to go to my country. Let's go to Uruguay. They end up getting married. They go to Uruguay. And we're like, okay, this is the time now. Like you're in Uruguay now. Like mm -hmm. now this is different. Because yeah. when you obviously here, when you become a citizen in the U.S., you're already considered an American. Right. You're no longer Nika, but right. there's nothing. But over there, she, you're still considered Venezuelan, yeah. but you have your Uruguayan citizenship, yeah. which is so interesting and different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're like, oh my gosh, like you're still Venezuelan. You can still get a no. You can still get it denied. We're on the system. like yeah. you know. So we were kind of like, okay, we're going to pray about this. We've been waiting on God for 20 years. And so I admire my parents because... Um, they learn to really wait and to imagine not seeing your kid wow, for 20 years. Wow, look at that. Oh my yeah. gosh, I just got goosebumps because you just tied that into the waiting thing. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was just listening to that on, on that my way here. That is crazy, but 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. And, my, and I would always talk to them about it. I'm like, how do you feel like not seeing your daughter? Like she's 41 now. Yeah. It's insane. And so my parents would always tell me, it's like, we're going to wait because there's nothing we can do. We can't do anything. Yeah. We can't like get out of the country. So it's like, we can't, we can't do anything. We literally can't do anything. So it's like, we just got to learn to wait. Like God has been there. Yeah. Every time, like, nunca nos ha faltado nada. I don't yeah. know how, I'm thinking in Spanish. <laughs> we've never like had. You've never lacked anything. Um, yeah, yeah. We've never lacked it's okay. anything. I'm a translator so too. I'm like, wait, help me. I'm giving you the look. I'm like. <laughs> So, yeah, they're like, we've never lacked anything. Yeah. What makes us think that he's not like he'll he'll provide and he'll do his thing at the right time. Right. We're just going to keep waiting. I'm like, all right. So my friends have been that's something I've admired about them because the whole like immigrant story and me seeing them like it's like I get to appreciate them from a different like lens, I yeah. guess. Um, from seeing them seeing them work so hard for us and then them also wait on their child like it's crazy. not being able to see their other child right. for 20 years yeah obviously thankfully she's good over there yeah. her husband is a, my brother-in-law's the best he's amazing <clears throat> they've been together for 15 years now like they've awesome. been together for a really wow. long time so he was someone that kept her company while she was alone in venezuela and then now uruguay so she's had the worst part like yeah. she's had it worse like her whole family's here yeah. like her direct family Um, so anyway, uh, we're like, all right, just get the, try again. Like we'll, we'll pray. We'll keep praying and God will do his thing. So she gets the appointment. She's like, all right, my appointment is October 5th of this year, 2023. Yeah. And then at this point I'm fasting and pray. I'm fasting and praying for like three days. I'm like, God, please. Like, yeah. I know we're waiting on you and you are the man. You decide when, but I really feel my, and I think I told you this yeah. when I, when I asked for prayer, I was like, I'm like, I have a feeling it's going to be a yes. I have yeah. a feeling it's going to be, this is going to be it, but I don't want to like get my hopes yeah. up. The day comes and then um, it was, she, her appointment was like at eight in the morning. So I was sleeping and then my parents are like, okay, call us once the appointment is over. I remember because I texted <laughs> you in the morning and yeah. I was like, I'm praying for your I'm sister. Like, I asked like a bunch, I asked everybody for prayer. I'm like, guys, I need you all to like come in prayer, please. Yeah. Yeah. And so her appointment was really early and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then we're all, and I was talking to my mom and she's like, I don't want to get my hopes up. 
God knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's think like, you know, rationally. Do you think it's easy for her to get a no again? And my mom's like, yeah, for sure. Like for her to get a yes might be like kind of sort of a miracle, a miracle yeah. type, type of thing. So I'm like, okay, let's see. So anyway, that morning comes, I'm sleeping. And then I wake up to my parents kind of like crying and screaming. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I wake up and my parents, I've never seen my parents like so happy ever. <laughs> like the crying of like legit crying of happiness. My sister got a yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? I just got chills. Yeah. I, me witnessing that was, I remember I called you. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're crying. I was crying. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe this. Yeah. It's been 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, that's part, obviously, part of my story of my immigrant story. And like, I know a lot of, yeah, and a lot of people, not necessarily from Venezuela, but from other countries come yeah. and they leave their families behind. Yeah. You know, I don't have any, I, my grandma and everybody else are all over there. Yeah. And I haven't seen them in years, you yeah. know? So it's, it's, I feel like when you, when somebody, like when people are not in our shoes, it's really hard to understand them it. to understand, yeah. But when you really have lived that story, like the immigrant story, yeah. it's like you empathize with other families that haven't seen their kid or their sister, cousin, whatever, for God knows how long, because it's, it is, that's the sad reality. It, it is. is like that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, my sister's coming December 24th. I'm so excited for you I guys. can't believe it. I know. And yeah, I'm like, it's like I'm getting, I mean, we're very close, obviously, but it's different when it's in person. So I'm like, I don't know if she likes raw eggs. Like, yeah. I don't know if she likes milk. Does she like chicken? Like, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited, especially more from my parents, honestly. Yeah. I just can't wait to like see that smile. Imagine your child. Yeah. yeah. You're being re you're reunited with your family. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Pretty I'm much. So excited. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of part of my story. I love kinda it. Kind of long. We I can talk it. about other things mm -hmm. as we go. Yeah, like, no, regarding it's perfect. This, but yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing yeah. that people don't realize, like the immigrants, like the stuff that they have to struggle with unless mm -hmm. they are immigrants themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny because you were asking me like when I was saying, yeah, like I grew up in a very like white area of like Miami. Cause mm -hmm. I've, I've always gotten the... Um, the comment of like, man, but you're not like the typical Miami girl. And I'm like, yeah, because I really wasn't raised in Miami. Like, I'm close enough to the city, but I think I grew up a little bit more on the countryside. Yeah, you're a country girl. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely more. I mean, I'm a little bit of both. I have my days where I'm like, let me be more country. And today I'm a little bit more... You're Latina. like a bridge. It's like yeah. it's like that bridge. Like you know the bridge and like on Biscayne closes the gap on both <laughs> yes. people. Yeah, probably. You're like you have like that gap. I give the white gap. people the sasong and then I give yeah. the like Hispanics a little bit of like chill. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, but I think like growing up, I got picked on a lot for speaking another language and it, like mm. it was one of those things that kind of like really irritated me because even my really close like friends some of them would get so frustrated that they didn't understand Spanish that they would just constantly be like oh you live in America learn to speak English <gasps> that you, I, and you I was know, like I was bro, bullied too do I you realize bullied. that America is South America North America and yeah. like Central America like mm -hmm. it's all America at yeah. least say like you're in the United States but don't freaking say America like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it would just boil my blood so I would constantly fight with them and it's crazy because I'm like why are we so ignorant like we're like the one country that people make comments like that about mm -hmm. but yet you travel to Europe and people speak like five languages and I'm like why do yeah. we have to be so narrow-minded on just one language but that's besides the point I grew up like that like I grew up like really irritated by a lot of like the ignorance so I think um I learned to appreciate my parents' sacrifice so much more because mm -hmm. of that. Because I'm like, even with them coming here and starting from scratch, they always taught me to be cultured. And they always taught me to respect all kinds of cultures and yeah. to learn about all different kinds of cultures and everybody's struggles and about other people's like 
the way that other people live. So it's it's always been very interesting to me and eye-opening to me to not be like narrow-minded. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I really learned um, from my parents. So in my parents' case, obviously I got here when I was six months old. My dad, my parents had to leave Nicaragua because of a war, a civil war that was going on um, in Nicaragua. And at that time it was mandatory that the men would go and fight. And so mm-hmm. like they were after my dad at that point. And my dad was like, I'm not gonna go fight for a war that I don't even believe in. Like, this is stupid. Right. Like I should not go die. These people should not be dying for this when all these dictators are gonna end up like stealing from everybody. And so my dad ended up giving my mom like an ultimatum. And my dad was like, at this point they had been together for two years and he was like, we either get married and move to Honduras or we break up and I leave to Honduras cause I'm not staying here. And my mom at that point was like two years in with him. And she's like, okay, yeah. well if you're moving to Honduras I guess we're getting married. So they literally like planned their wedding like within two weeks and they just kind of like got married um, like legally through like like what they call a civil wedding, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like a, just like going to the courthouse here. And like right after that, they ended up moving to Honduras. And so they lived there for five years. And in those five years that they lived there, um, my dad was actually working for like a, like an, like a government agency. And so he was doing computer programming for them and stuff. And that was hard on my mom because my mom was studying to be an architect in in Nicaragua. And so it's kind of like now you kind of have to stop your career like goals to kind of like move to another country that you don't even know if you're going to be able to keep studying for. Right. Right. And so my dad lived there for five years. But when his contract was coming to an end during this time, they were obviously like you know, trying to navigate marriage and all that stuff. My mom had a miscarriage before me. And so like, then she gets pregnant with me and she has to like stay on bed rest and all this stuff. Cause they needed to make sure that she wouldn't end up with another miscarriage. And so, um, my dad's like, okay, but like now we need to have a plan because my contract's about to end with this government agency. And so like, he's like, I think I'm going to move to the States. And he's like, all my whole family, like a lot of my family members are moving to the States. And so his sister was already here, his oldest sister. So he ends up going to try to get like the visa for him and my mom and everybody, like all of his friends were like, you're crazy. Why would you take her like to get a visa while she's pregnant? Like they're going to deny her. So kind of like your sister, Mm -hmm. like all of the odds were against them. Like they were like, there's no way, like you have a great job here, but like she's pregnant. They're going to be like, oh, he's just trying to have like move to Miami or have her like get like, you know, deliver the baby in, in the States. And they end up getting like approved, but my mom was feeling really uneasy about it. And my mom was like, I just don't want to go to like the States and have give birth. Or what if something happens? I don't want to lose the baby. Like we already lost one. My mom was like traumatized by it. And so my mom's like, I've obviously have all of my doctors here. So she ended up like convincing him to stay. And so they end up staying and she gives birth. And mm-hmm. so I obviously I'm at the point where I'm like, six months in right and my dad's like okay well baby's born we can't stay here we're running out of like our savings we gotta go and so again they're like okay well we have our visa but now we have to see if the baby gets the visa Mm. to be able to go to the states and so again all of his friends were like you're crazy they're not gonna give you a visa like there's no way they end up going and they end up giving me the visa So my dad ended up like grabbing all the stuff, packing it up, moving straight to Miami and then shipped my mom back to Nicaragua for a few days while he was trying to get situated here. And um, we ended up moving there for like 40 days. And then like we ended up like meeting him here. But so we ended up like it was kind of like you where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going for vacation. But then we end up staying. Right. 
And so it was crazy because I don't obviously remember because I was six months old, but my mom tells me they they all lived in one house and it was like 20 of them because everybody was just coming wow. <laughs> from like all places to live together. And so like they were like sleeping on like sleeping bags and like mattresses on the floors and stuff. It was just, they were just trying to fit wherever they could. And so there was this one house specifically that was just like kind of like taking in everybody that was coming in. So it's just like one of those crazy things where you really start to see like how family is there for each other mm -hmm. during those times. And it mm -hmm. was like, if you don't have money, like we're going to find you yeah. a way to get a job. And so, yeah, my dad like obviously got here and he was like, I'm a computer programmer. This is what I do, but I'm going to work in whatever I have to do until I build myself up and stuff. And so like they worked at Wendy's for a little bit and they it's would, crazy like, how you can you yeah, do anything. Yeah. And he was like, it. he was working like two jobs, like working at Wendy's and then like trying to do other stuff. Um, and then like one of his cousins was like, Oh, I got you a job at a parking lot. And my dad was like, no, I didn't come to the States to work at a parking lot. Cause if I start doing that, then I'm going to end up comfortable. And I'm just, I'm, mm -hmm. I came here with a goal in mind, with a vision in mind. And like, I'm going to do what I know what to do. And he was very like determined and he ended up pretty like making it pretty good, you know, in his, in his career and stuff. And like, my mom's always been like a stay at home mom. She's always just kind of like stayed back. Like, Cause my dad at the time also was, um, believed in like, why is Andrea going to be taken care of by a daycare when you can just stay at home and take yeah, care and of her if you can and provide. I'm going to provide for you guys. Right, right. And so I think he had a lot of mistrust too. Like you're in a different country. You don't know the people. Like he's like, I don't want some stranger taking care of her. Like nobody's going to take care of her the way that her her mom's going to take care of her. So my dad made a lot of sacrifices and like worked his butt off. Like he worked two jobs sometimes just to be able to like provide and stuff for us. Yeah. And he just built himself up from there. So um, I mean, I don't I obviously don't have siblings because then after I my mom gave birth to me, like a few years later, she got cancer. And I think I've spoken about it, about her endometrial cancer. And so like at 33, she had to get everything removed. But um, like. Yeah, like it's like I've learned my work ethic from my dad, like for, to That's like amazing. never give up, to just push forward, like yeah. to just really have those dreams and kind of, you know, like I think one of the things for him was um, he always instilled in me that my education was like the thing that he was going to leave behind. He was like, I'm not going to give you an inheritance. He's like, I can't give you besides the house that we live in. I can't give you really much. And he's like, right. the only thing that I'm going to leave you with is your education. And so like for him, like one of his biggest goals was I want you to get the degree that we couldn't get, not because we didn't want to, but because we were forced out of our country, you know, and like mm -hmm. we and it's like a frustration that, you know, that they could have that they had mm -hmm. like my mom, her whole entire life has been a little bit like frustrated because she's like, man, like I really loved my architecture career and like to not be able to finish it. So it's like that kind of like push of like, you better have a degree because it's, this is what we sacrifice so much for. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I was talking about this last night at my friend's house and I was, we were saying how sometimes like our parents, obviously they sacrifice so much and yeah. it's almost like we sacrificed it. Now you got it. Like, yep. it's like, you feel like that pressure and then it almost, my friend was saying this, she's like, my parents you know, she's from Argentina. She's like, we moved from Argentina. And then my parents kept telling me when I was little, like, we're here for you guys. Like, we want you guys to have a future. So now you guys do what we couldn't do. And she's like, that makes me feel pressure. Absolutely. And like, I need to be perfect because I owe it to them. Yes. So it's almost like, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it because yep. they're here. It's almost like a guilt trip almost. Yep. 
And I was like, I didn't see it that way, but there is a pressure of oh, absolutely. like, I need to do better. Yeah. And it's like, what if that's not what you want to do? Yeah. Then what, you know? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of pressure in that because we, you know, we, we, um, they're living our, vicariously through us. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's almost like, like no. the goals that they couldn't do. They want us to do right. so bad that it's like, yeah. it's like, you're not enough until you actually right. achieve those goals. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And there's like this pressure, like, yeah. Oh, I couldn't be a doctor. So some parents are like that. Yeah. My parents are thankfully they've been very supportive, but I know that some parents are like, like yeah. I couldn't be a doctor. So can you please be a doctor for yeah. me? Yeah. And then you feel that pressure and you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to be a doctor because my dad couldn't be a doctor. Well, funny you know? enough that my so. dad actually had that pressure in, in Nicaragua. My dad comes mm -hmm. from um, maybe a little bit more of a like uh, like a family that's a little bit more well off. My mom okay. comes more from a working class and and um, a lot of the people in my dad's family were from both sides were doctors or civil engineers and some sort of engineers or which is probably where he gets his nerdy side from or doctors or mm -hmm. lawyers. It was like either three of those things, either engineers, lawyers, or doctors. And so um, somebody in his family wanted him to be a doctor. So it's funny, wow. like you look at his senior yearbook and it said, oh yeah, like one of the things that I wish I can, like that I want to accomplish is to be a doctor. And, um, and then it turns out that he like went to college and he was like, that's absolutely not what I want to do. I want to be a computer programmer, which at the time like, like was random. not a big thing. Right, like, I right. mean, now you see computers everywhere, but yeah. back then it was like, I grew up around computers and I can put together a computer like front and back and everything like build a computer because of him mm -hmm. because back then we had the big like CPUs and all I that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's crazy because, um, like he ended up pursuing something that he wanted. So funny enough, like on me, the pressure kind of like was like, and I'm an only child. So it's even worse. Like there's no imagine. siblings that I can right. share that pressure with besides <laughs> myself. I'm like, if anybody else fails, no, nobody can fail. It's, it's just, just, you. just me. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, it's like some people have siblings that they end up being a failure and you're like, yeah, well, I'm the successful I one. I made it. <laughs> you know, and you feel very proud of yourself. Yeah. I'm kind of like, well, I'm either the failure and the success both at the same time. <laughs> So it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. crazy, but, um, for a long time, the meteorology thing was really hard for me because I think like part of me felt like I have to do this because this is what they're expecting from mm -hmm. me. This is what I said I would always do. And now that I don't want to do this, like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. So it was really hard, I think. And that's when I, um, one day I had a conversation with him and he was like, you know, that I was like being forced to be a doctor. Right. And then I ended up doing so what he I understood. wanted to do. And he was like, do what's going to make you happy in the end. And but a lot like, of parents oh, yeah. aren't supportive no. like that, especially parents that come from a country where they had it all. And then they come here and it's like, we're here for you now. Like we have to give that up yeah. because of you. Yeah. And it's like, it's not really, it's not because of me. It's because you wanted to, yeah. like, I have no say in this. You're my parent. Like, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, um, I've always been very like drawn to like, art like mm -hmm. i want i wanted to be a painter <laughs> which is so funny when i was like seven i'm like i want to be a painter when i grow up so i've always been like into art and like i was in art class i was drawing a lot like that's been that was my first love like yeah. just drawing and so my parents always saw that in me i was in dance like i was just very into like performing art stuff um but my like something that they tell me till this day and my dad mostly says it he's because he didn't in Venezuela, he didn't finish school. Mm -hmm. There were like nine siblings. So mm -hmm. that's a whole other story in itself. But anyway, he just did. He had jobs here and there, but advertising was his thing. Yeah. But he's like, there's so many. It, it's the opposite. Because yeah. for him, he's like, there's so many things I wish I did, yeah. but I didn't do them because I wasn't focused. Mm -hmm. And I'd, and obviously his parents come, like his mom comes from like 
poverty. Yeah. And then his dad had his own business, but he also came from poverty. It's, it's like a lot. And there, are, there were a lot of siblings. And so he's like, I wish I was able to be more focused or that somebody would tell me like how to like focus better or how to like set my goal straight. But yeah. I didn't. So something that my parents have instilled in me is think big, have the vision, yeah. do whatever you want do it like yeah. don't stay sit like don't sit around and just be like okay i'm just gonna wait for it to come to me do it you want to be a photographer is that your passion go but go full force because you're in a country where everything and anything is possible yeah so that's like more of like the american dream type Absolutely. Of, like you know mentality that they have the american dream also is very hard because very hard. a lot of people are like, I'm moving there for the American dream. He's like, do you know what that entails? That means that you have to work night and day. Sometimes to make that's it. harder than actually staying in your country. A thousand percent. Like, You're starting yes. from zero. Yeah. You know, no, nobody and, and in the this hustle country. culture here, it's like, insane. In Nicaragua, people like live a really laid back lifestyle. First oh, of all, girl, let's yeah. talk about the fact that like, if you have a little bit of money in Nicaragua, you can have a maid like legit like of you course. have somebody that cleaning <laughs> you have okay so my 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 one of my aunts i love her she mm -hmm. lived in nicaragua for a long time and like I, I mean obviously until she moved here to the states but she had uh the person that cleaned the person that cooked and then a person that was with each kid the whole Crazy. entire time la, la china what they call la china which is mm -hmm. the one that's like with the kid like babysitting the kid the whole entire day yeah. and i'm like they put the kid to sleep they you know what i mean they dress the kid they bake Girl, like it's like we had a cleaning lady yeah over so there. that's what I'm saying. Like even the people yeah. that are like working class out there have it. Working a class, lot easier. you can make it. Yeah. yeah. And you're in the same house for 40 years and yeah. it's amazing. And you have a job that lasts your whole life yep. and you'll never get fired. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And even when you get it's crazy because even when you resign a job over there, they still pay you. Oh yeah. The same salary for I think it's for like years, for yeah. like three, four years. Yep. It's insane. Yeah. But yeah, um, going back to what I was saying, it's like the the like the perspective that they have on the American dream is kind of like a healthy, I guess, perspective of like, this is a country of a lot of possibilities. Right. Please don't fall asleep. Like, right. please wake up and like do whatever you want to do. But you're in the, my dad always reminds me, he's like, you're in, in the United States of America. Yeah. You can do it. Like you can do it. Yeah. Just work hard and you're going to get there. And he always tells me, cause he's like, I remember when I got like my car, I mm -hmm. have a, a, whatever, I have a Mazda. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I've always wanted that car for mm -hmm. like the past few years and I got it. And he's like, always, my dad has always been like, always envision it. He's like, you don't want a car, you want an SUV. You don't want an apartment, you want a house. Yeah. What kind of house? Think of a big house, like dream big. Like yeah. don't think like, like don't limit yourself yeah. because like you can do it. You yeah. just have to work hard for it. And so he always tells me, he's like, you want to be a photographer? You want to be the best photographer. Yeah. You want to do this kind of work, but do it at your spirit of excellence. Like, like do it. Yeah. And and it, it kind of makes me feel a little like some type of way because he wishes he did those things yeah. that he said his like that he likes or that he would have. He, I think he wishes he had someone that would talk to him like that. Yeah. And he didn't. And it, I think it was just a different mentality back in his time. And he's like, I wish I did the things that I like or the things that I wanted that to we do. And I never got about. to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Your and passions. I'm like, what do you think it would have been if like, he's like, honestly, I would have been, he said that he would have liked to be either a musician or a nurse. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I like medicine. Like I was into it That's and I crazy. wanted to go to school for it, but I couldn't afford it. Yeah. 
It's crazy, that you know. Is super so crazy. he's like, you're he- like you're here. Yeah. You you speak. He's like you're bilingual. Yeah. You're here. You already have an advantage can, that they don't have. No, yeah. my parents don't speak English. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you can live anywhere. You speak both Spanish and English. Yeah. And they'll pay you more if you go somewhere where it's just like very Americanized. Right. A lot of people like in Ohio don't speak Spanish, but you do. Yeah. Can you imagine living there? They'll pay you more. Like yeah. it's like. So yeah, like they've always like made me feel like you have the opportunity, please. You have like, the world at your hands. Yeah, kind of dream thing. big. Yeah. Like you have the right to do it. I love that. So it's really nice to yeah. have that. And I'm like, okay, I would like to talk to my kids like that. You yeah. Know? But there's also a little bit of a pressure because I'm like, okay. Because my mom was like, at one point she's like, okay, but why don't you do, maybe you, do you want, do you have a plan B? Maybe you want to be a psychologist? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mom, I don't want to be a psychologist. <laughs> I don't. She's like, I but think, you never know. Think about it. I'm like, I don't want to be a psychologist. I think moms always want us to have a plan like B Like a though. plan because yeah. you never know. It's like that fear. Like yeah. what if, what if you don't make it? Like you never know. Yeah. What if this doesn't work out for you? What are you going to do with your life? You're yeah. not going to work. What are you going to do? Work at McDonald's? It's so, yeah, it's like that mentality too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just interesting. I get it. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, my mom's always been the plan B type of person. My I think mom always is a plan because, B person. Yeah, because I feel like you and I are were raised very similar in a yeah. lot of ways. And maybe it is part of our immigrant journey and stuff, For even sure. though I came here at six months and you came here a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I look back now and I see that you know, my, my dad's always led with faith and my mom's led with fear. Yes. Yes. I don't know if it's a mom thing of like my child. I just want her to be okay her whole life. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that whole leading with faith. It's almost like, and so I'm saying that now and I realize that in this case, my dad did lead with vision of what he Mm -hmm. wanted for his household and what he dreamt of. And like, even in buying our house, which is a whole nother story. Like I remember when we were buying the house that we live in, um, you know, that like in, in 2020, we almost lost and stuff and like mm-hmm. whatever we went through our struggle with it. But my dad gave a check for the amount of money that they were asking for to reserve the house and for the down payment. And he didn't even have the money in the bank account. And he, my mom was like under, under the table. She's like pitching him. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's just like, like, don't talk to me right now. And like, he like signs the check it. and gives it to the girl. And he, they walk out and my mom's like super like angry. And she's like, why would you give him a check for that much money? Like, we don't even have that much money. He's like, I don't know where we're going to get that money from, but God's going to provide. And he ended up like getting some money from like his tax returns that they mm-hmm. had like they had made some sort of mistake and it was the exact specific Insane. amount for the down Insane. payment on the house. <laughs> and so it's like it's so funny to me because I'm like, man, like it's crazy because he has always led with faith while my mom has led with fear. Yeah. And now I look back and I'm like, dang, I have a lot in common with my mom. Like I'm always almost like leading in with fear. But also having that push from my dad of like, yes, you have fear, but keep going for it. Like, yeah. do it. Like, mm-hmm. do it even if you're scared. That's like, my dad. My do dad it does anyway. That. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I want in a man. Like, I want a man. That- like, I want my dad <laughs> in a man. <laughs> Sounds weird, you know? <laughs> Sounds very uh, hillbilly, but yeah, Interesting. Yes. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's yeah. like, I-, I look up to that. I love that mentality. Girl, my dad. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I did a solo trip. I think I told you this yes. in 2018. Yeah. Um, I found this page on Instagram. It, it, it's called Yeah Field Trip. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I, I just saw it. And I found it through some photographer that I admired at the time. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I just kept scrolling. And they're like, we're doing a trip. 
and it's going to be with 500 plus creatives and nobody knows each other and it's going to be like one big fa- like it sounded very hippie yeah we're going to go glamping it's going to be in california in l and it was in santa barbara and some glamping place and i just kept seeing pictures i'm like this looks amazing i reached out to the photographer that i admire because i saw that he was going to go to that and i messaged him i'm like hey is this a scam like is this true <laughs> is it a scam like what is it he's like no it's actually fun it's my third time going i'm like i'm gonna go I don't, at the time, I didn't, I didn't have any creative friends. I was just the only one, like, dreaming, 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 and, like, just trying to build my photography. And I was like, okay, I do my research. They have a bunch of workshops. It's a five-day trip. Santa Barbara, in the middle of nowhere, there's no signal, like, and they would, like, put you in, like, a room with strangers. Yeah. This is insane. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy idea. So yeah. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I really want to Have you ever go. seen the, the movie Taken? Yes. Why? Yeah. Like I, that's all I'm thinking I did, about right now. You know, like looking back in my early twenties, I did things. <laughs> no, that, I know I, that you think I you're my, invincible. Like you, like think that's never gonna happen. I was to like, me. I'm living I, life. Yeah. And but I put myself in like it's crazy. I put yeah. myself in like th- that could have happened to me for yeah. sure. Dangerous situations. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I did my research. Of course, I'm like, okay. I talked to the planner of the event. And he's like, I know you think this is weird. We're going to put you, don't worry. We're going to put you with girls. Like you're going to be in a room. It's glamping. He's explaining to me the whole thing. I'm like, okay, I feel at ease. I talked to my dad. I talked to my mom at first. I'm like, mom, I tell her the idea. I really want to go. It's going to be for five days. (laughs) What are you thinking about? She's like, no, no, no. You don't know anybody. But do you have a friend that can go with you? I'm like, mom, I'm going to go by myself. No, no. Are you sure? Like, are you positive? So then I talked to my dad. He's like, go. Like, just go. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you're telling your daughter to go by herself to a mountain for four days. He's like, you're showing me the whole thing. You're telling me there's a workshop. You made sure with the guy. You're going to be with girls. There's going to be 500 creatives. You're social. You got it. You're an adult. Like, I think you can handle it. And disconnect yourself. Like, go. Dream big. Like, go. Go to the mountain. Go create. That's awesome. The best trip ever. Yeah. That's <laughs> and awesome. And I made so many friends. It was amazing. Yeah. But it's crazy because that if... Like, it's like, I think about it. I'm like, that's kind of You're a crazy with move. Faith. Yeah. But my dad was like, you need to do your part. You need mm-hmm. to do the move. You want to do the trip and it's going to help you build your business because it was a lot of workshops and stuff. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. What's stopping you? I'm yeah. like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll get kidnapped. He's like, You're not going to get kidnapped. Just go. <laughs> yeah. God is, w- he's always like, God is with you. Go, go. He's protecting you. Go. My mom's like, oh my gosh. Why did you tell her that? She's like, call me when you land. Call me whenever you can. I'm like, okay, Turn mom. your like tracking yeah, on. Yeah. They're about to put like an apple tag on <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, my dad has always been that guy. Yeah. Like very happy. I, th- I, I guess. Think it's, yeah. I think it's beautiful though. I think you get that glimpse of like what a woman should desire in a man, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, in for regards sure. to like, especially from Christian men, mm-hmm. I feel like it's really, really that leaning with faith, leading with trust, leading with like that God will provide, leading mm-hmm. with God will provide financially and security, yeah. like in, in both ways, you know? And yeah. so I think it's beautiful. Especially I, after seeing our, cause from what you said about the house, yeah. we had a really big financial struggle back in like 2011. And even in, during this recession in 2008, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, there was a time that we were struggling really bad. Like yeah. my dad didn't have a job. My mom wasn't working either. My sister had my nephew at the time. He was a newborn and she had gotten laid off. Crazy. I was in high school. I wasn't working that. Yeah. Anyway, God provided, God used people. Yeah. Just random people that would be like, oh, I feel like I have this tug in my heart to give you this much. And yeah. it was like, what? Like, th- first of all, that's embarrassing because it's like, 
you know, it's embarrassing. Yeah, of course. But it was like the struggle and just seeing my parents, I feel like that's when you really like know that God is real. Yeah. You're like, when you say God will provide, girl, God will provide. Yeah. Like the fact that that happened to your dad, that happened to us too. Yeah. That we're like, we're super short on money. Like, what are we going to do now? Yeah. And it's like, boom, God just comes at the right time. Yeah. It was, it, it, all of that was crazy. My, my parents, till this day, they talk to me and they're like, those were one of the hardest years, but that was the most beautiful year because that's when we were leaning on God. For everything. Because that's all you can do. Yeah. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah. You know, nothing else is working out. Yeah. So, yeah, she's like, that was the one time that my faith got super strong. Yeah. And it's like you learn to really wait and depend on God. Absolutely. You know? I mean, it's so, it, it goes back yeah. to what we what we went to, through in 2020. Like, I didn't understand at the time my mom's like my mom's insistence on me going back to school. Because obviously at that point I, mm -hmm. I was doing like weddings and, like, you know, I was like some I know so many people that have their degrees that they don't work in their degrees. Like, why it, do I have to go exactly. back to school? Right. But it was like I knew I wanted to do it more for myself because I was like, dang, I failed out of school, but I want to do it to say that I did it. Like, it's an accomplishment that I want to say I did it for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. So I ended up going back to school in um, 2018. Um, 2018, I go to the church that we go to in March. And I was like, it was sitting with me. And I was like, God, you know, the desires of my heart. And you know that I want to finish that degree, like for myself, but also to like, just give my parents that one thing that they've always asked me for. They've never mm -hmm. asked me for anything except for this. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, I I called my wedding off for a reason. And it was to accomplish the goals that I have for my life. And um, I applied to get back into school. I ended up getting back into school, which that was a whole miracle in itself because I had failed out of school and all the schools were denying me. And right. so I ended up getting back in, finished my degree in a year and a half. I literally was like, okay, I'm in. This is all that I'm going to do. I literally would not go out. I didn't, I didn't see anybody at that time. I was going through a season of solitude is what I mm -hmm. say. Like, um, because I was just focused. I took three classes in the summer, which normally people don't do because it's the summer. And then five classes fall, five classes spring. And I graduated and I, I made it happen. And I ended up graduating like top of the class, like Amazing. four point something GPA, Amazing. like, which was insane because I went from having a one point something GPA to a four point something GPA. But I was able to give my dad that degree. And like FIU gives you these like sashes that you can mm -hmm. buy for your parents um, or they give them to, I don't remember, they give them to you or you can, it's like a lead, something about legacy, no sé qué. And so I ended up like putting it on my dad and he just cried because he was like, this I, is all. That be so fulfilling. Yeah, because he was like, this is what I came to the States for, to give you a better life. Right? And you're like, okay, I did it. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I'm done. Finally, I can get you guys I can do whatever back. I want now. <laughs> yeah, and so my dad would always say the master before the mister. He was like, get your master before the mister. <laughs> but um whatever long story short like it's it's funny because you can see how god just orchestrates everything and mm -hmm. puts all the puzzle pieces together so i get my degree and right after that i land a job and stuff right and then right after that comes the pandemic wow. and i'm having to now support my parents mm -hmm. financially throughout <gasps> this pandemic and it's like you would never freaking expect to be the one to be providing yeah oh i know that far too well i know <laughs> know that far too well i know and so, it, that becomes a little bit of a like a weight yeah but at the same time you're just like they're my parents like mm -hmm. if they did everything for me and it's like putting a little bit of effort from your end and being Absolutely. the one to provide it's like well it teaches you not you know? to think solely of just on yourself no you can't yeah. you cannot there's yeah. no way you yeah. know they're your parents at the end of the day yeah. you know so yeah 
So based on everything we've talked about and on our story, our origin origin story. I feel like there's so much more that we can still talk about when it comes to this. It's like an hour. <laughs> Maybe we need minutes. like a part two. But. I'm so down for that too. Yeah. But anyway, just to, because I know we wanted to give like a little bit of a long story short yeah. of our story. Short story long. How do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's story of our lives. How do you think this has shaped you? Or what have you learned from it? Like, what do you carry with you the most from all of this? Um, dang. Why don't you answer first while you give me time to think? <laughs> I'm trying to think too. But, um, well, I mean, I think I've learned a lot. There's not just one thing. I feel like it's a lot of things. Um, you did say something like that was very key of like, I've learned to be very selfless. Mm-hmm. I consider myself a very selfless person and a giver, but... Yeah, that's taught me that it's family is everything. Yeah. Family, as long as you have your family, I think you're set. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the and having that support too, and also to really have vision for yourself. Yeah. Like I do think that's really important, and I do think that it will define the course of your future. Absolutely. If you start, you got to steward your time right, your money right, your as long as you're walking in, in, in God's purpose as well, I feel like that's just going to lead you to the right path. But right. I also think that as an adult, and I know that we want kids one day and want to get married one day, I think that all of the things that we're doing now is going to dictate like how our Absolutely. lives will be when we create our own family, you know? You know, it's funny you say that. So I know we're already at like an hour, but whatever. We Please, can be a little bit over. go ahead. <laughs> I was having a conversation with one of the ladies from our church, um, Lorena, which mm. I'll, I'll shout out because she'll probably listen to the episode. You're amazing, Lorena. She's the best. She, I've on, Yeah, I've only had brief conversations with her and she's spoken so much life over me. Yeah, she's just You're one amazing. of those people that I know I can go to for like mature and wise advice and counsel and everything. I want to talk to her And more. prayers and it's just like amazing. So I was telling yeah. her... Um, we were talking about like, yeah, one of the things that I always pray for in regards to like my future marriage, right. Mm -hmm. is like for my, um, my kids' grandparents, like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously like I want whoever I marry that their parents love my kids and that I am able to like trust them with my kids and stuff. And like that they're also like Christians and and stuff that they can pray over my kids because Mm -hmm. I think I came to know about God from my grandma, not from my parents, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. So I came to know, I, I would say I probably came to know like like Jesus before my parents did. Um, my parents obviously grew up Catholic, went to private Catholic schools in Nicaragua, and, and um, my grandma became a Christian first. And so at like four years old, she was like singing hymns to me and like love, Bible reading awesome. and all that stuff. And so she was the one that kind of did the prayer of salvation uh, with me when I was like four years old. Of course, like it's, it's you know, obviously you're, gonna you're say four. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, but at the time, like she's the one that instilled that in me. And so I told her, I was like, I always pray for like my my future like in-laws and for my kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like not for me, but for my kids, like because it's yeah. for my legacy. And she was like, but you realize that just because you learn about Christ from your grandma doesn't mean that your kids are going to learn about Christ from their grandma. They're going to learn about Christ from you. And I was like, oh my, but like it like clicked at that moment. Like I know this, but it was like the way she said it, I was like, yeah, no, you're right. And she's like, at the end of the day, you're going to be the mom and the whoever the father is, is going to end up being the person that's going to lead them to Christ. Mm-hmm. They're not going to have to know through like a grandma. They're going to like know about Christ through, um, through you guys. And I was just exactly. like, 
that's crazy. So I think for me, the thing that has really stuck through with everything um, that my parents went through and stuff is that God's always putting all the puzzle pieces together, always. even when we can't see it. Because mm-hmm. there's so much more to my parents' story that I could share, but I would same be here, here like same here. <laughs> this would do, do like part, a whole like two, three, four, five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but there's so many people that my dad met through his journey in life that he met for one reason, like to make a story a really short, like a story really brief. He was on his way to Honduras one time with his two friends in a truck. And this guy was hitchhiking and asked them for a ride. And my dad was in a pickup truck and his friends were like, you're crazy. We don't know this guy. And he was like, listen, like, I'm not going to leave him stranded. I'm just going to put him in the hit, like in the, in the back in the, Mm -hmm. in the uh, bed of the truck. So he jumps into the bed of the truck. My dad's like, when we get to Honduras, I'm dropping you off here and that's it. And they're like, okay. So they get to Honduras, they get to the border in the, from Nicaragua and Honduras and the guy forgot his passport. And my dad's like, are oh you gosh. freaking kidding me? I'm giving you a ride. I don't know who you are. So he has to go back somewhere to pick up like some sort of paper to the, the, the guy can cross the border. And my dad goes out of his way for this stranger and does this for him. And at the time, like this guy looked like a total hippie, like like ripped jeans, long hair. Like my dad was like, he looked like he could have killed us. Oh my and so he's like, we end up crossing the border. He gives me his name, whatever. We end up like saying bye. And he's like, so when it's time to ask for, <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> when it comes time to ask for the visa, my dad and my mom are in line and they're looking for to get some paperwork done in Honduras to be able to get the visa, right? Mm-hmm. And- my dad's in line and my mom's sitting somewhere and this guy approaches my dad, my mom and starts talking to my mom and my mom smiles at the guy. And my dad's like, who the heck is this guy speaking to my wife? Right. And so my mom ends up like pointing at my dad and he goes up to my dad and he goes, are you Francisco? And he goes, yes. And he goes, you don't remember me, do you? And my dad was like, who are you? And they were going through like a, like a, there, there was some sort of problem. And my dad was like, uh, no. And he goes, I'm Chepe. And, I'm, he, and my dad was like, Chepe, who? Like, what the heck? My dad's really bad with names. And he goes, I'm the guy that you picked up when I was hit, when Gosh. I was hitchhiking, that you took me to the border. And then we had to go back. And he's like, what are you here for? And he goes, oh, my gosh. He's like, I haven't seen you in five years since we did the whole border thing. And he's like, what are you here for? And my dad's like, I'm trying to get her the visa so that we can go. Like, we're trying to go to the States, but they're not letting me because they need this paperwork. And he goes, come here. I'm going to get you in. I'm a lawyer. I, I'm going to help you. And so he ends up helping my dad out. (laughs) Yeah. In the what? Yes. And so he ends up getting my dad all the paperwork that he needed. So my dad's visa would get approved and our visas would get approved. And that's how we made it to the States. So it just goes to show the puzzle pieces of how God just puts the right people at the right time. time. I'm going to tell you something. When I was, when we were recent here too, like a month and in, in the US, um, my first friend ever, my first friend, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, um, I started hanging out with her. She's like, let's do homework. She knew more English than I did. She's like, let's do homework together and I can help you come over to my house. Da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, cool. My mom obviously would take me. She met her mom. And then through my friendship with her, she's like, hey, do you go to church? And I'm like, no, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I like church. I'm, I haven't been in forever. I grew up Catholic. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, we're Christian. We go to this church. Do you want to come? I'm like, okay, sure. 
And then her mom was like, yeah, tell your parents, like, tell them to come. It's great. She just, like, painted a beautiful picture about it. And I'm like, yeah, I think my parents are open to it. I told my parents and they were kind of like, okay, cool. Like, sure. Why not? Like, they just didn't think about, they've always been very, they were always open about it before we became Christian. And so we go to church and the first, that Sunday, imagine it was through an invitation, like through me, yeah, like my friend inviting me. And then I told my friends, Hey, she invited me and she told me to tell you guys da, 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 let's go Sunday, whatever. And I'm 11. So I can't go by myself. Yeah. So, um, we go and then we me and my parents were like this makes so much sense like <laughs> we understand what the pastor is saying like what like this just makes it's so different it's just yeah. very different and ever since then we kept going and we're here now isn't yeah. that crazy yeah i was meant to meet her yeah at a at the perfect time yeah, yeah. crazy people come into your and life then obviously life went on we still talk from time to time but it, we were like best yeah. friends and then her family became really close with my family it's crazy yeah. crazy yeah yeah we need to have an episode talking about we should have an episode about puzzle pieces yeah. stories that would be amazing that would we be should amazing do it. I'm not yeah. for that. Listen, girls' brains oh, are like so spaghetti. Excited. We connect all the dots <laughs> yes. somehow. I love <laughs> Guys it. are waffles. It. Girls are spaghetti. Yeah. Sir, listen, yes. Yeah. Facts. So, well. Oh, I'm so glad we talked about this. I love this. I love this too. Well, we're at an hour and 15, so we're going to oh, end gosh. it right okay. there. <laughs> but um, I think this is a great episode and I absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. And that way you guys get to know a little bit more about us. Yeah. So, so. until then... Thank Bye. you for listening.